Hello, and uh, welcome to another episode of the Creative Process Podcast. Uh, really excited for this episode. I'm here with a good friend of mine, C-State. Yo. Hey, <laughs> what's going on? Hey, um, you, so your artist name is C-State. Uh, we more commonly know you as, uh, as Alex. Yeah, you can call me Alex. That's okay. Alex, um, I know you. You're my housemate. Yeah. Uh, you lived very close to me in first year. You were the, the first guy I met at, at Royal Holloway. Yeah. Yeah. Big love. Big um, love. Uh, apart from those uh, small facts, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Who um, you are, where you're from? Sure. I'm um, I'm 20, same as Isaac. Um, we both did a gap year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a second year music student. Um, I don't know, what else is there to know? I live in Bath when I'm not here. Um, awesome. Well, so yeah, you're on the show because you are a, a musician uh, and you so write. Say. A variety of music uh, it would be great for us to kind of get a kind of foundation of kind of where you've come from musically, where you've begun, where you're at now, um, and kind of like your progression. Yeah, so it's quite complicated. I realized this the other day. I was yeah, writing yeah. a bio for myself on a on a website, and it's uh, yeah, it's a bit complicated. But um, I mean, it starts when I was born. I used to listen to my mum playing piano while I was going to sleep. Debussy's arabesque that's what she used to play quite a lot it's a banger yeah so I, she used to play that when when I was trying to go to sleep I could hear it through the floor and then I started playing cello at the age of six um, had some guy come in and play it at school and I was like yep sounds cool I'll do that and then the next year I started piano at the age of seven I did those for ages I got a music scholarship into senior school started taking music theory class stuff like that um, sort of did extra extra music stuff at school, did one less GCSE to do more music stuff. And then when I was in year 10, I had an Xbox 360 at that point, and uh, Forza Horizon was where it was at, drag racing in the evenings. Nice, um, nice. Bit of drifting. There's a radio station on there called Bass Arena, which is, there's three radio stations, one's like rock, one's like indie, and the other one is, is like bass, in inverted commas. And I just like listened to that all the time. That was the first time I really had like electronic music in my life. Like growing up, um, I basically listened to what my dad listened to, which is like, oh, it's everything. You've met my dad, he's weird. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like rock, heavy metal, folk, jazz, classical music, literally anything. It's really weird. And um, so that was the first experience of electronic music. And then when I was in year 11, I was in my mate's um, room at school and a different friend said, oh, I found this this great tune, like, I think you'll like it. And he played me this track called Alive by, um, I think it's a duo called USB Players. It was a banger. I remember it. Um, I remember it very well. And uh, yeah, that was my introduction to house music. And from there, I just started listening to it all the time. That was all I listened to. That was really, really when I got into, like... Um, listening to music a bit more um, was around then. But I was still, like, kind of on pop music, like, on my iPod, that kind of thing. But still doing all my classical music at this point because this was still senior school. Mm. And then for my, uh, what, 15th birthday, I was I got FL Studio 11, which is Adore, a digital audio workstation. That's where I started writing electronic music. I've been writing on that since then. I'm now, on, obviously, not on FL Studio 11. I'm on 20, which is the pretty much the latest version. I, I wanted to be a doctor at this point, so music kind of took a back seat while I struggled my way through A-level chemistry. And then uh, we left 
school and I did a gap year having realised that I didn't want to do medicine anymore and I wanted to do music. So I took a gap year. I was a choral scholar. So basically four services a week. Yeah, four services a week in, in an abbey uh, in Dorset called Sherburn. I worked at the school there. Sung for Prince William. He was there for one of them. Wow. Yeah, because his godson goes there. So that was exciting. Um, did that for a year. It was pretty brutal. And then came here to Royal Holloway. Met you day one. Um, the rest is history. The rest is history. Um, so yeah, I've been writing electronic music now. This is my almost sixth year. Five and two thirds. Five and two thirds. Um, yeah, I've written everything from like, I don't know, a lot of house music, some future bass, lo-fi, hip hop, dubstep, uh, anything. Yeah. So really kind of spectruming across the board in terms of, uh, yeah, what we like call under the umbrella term, like electronic music. Mm. Um, right. So now you study music at Royal Holloway. Mm. And it's not a contemporary music course. It's, no, it's regular music, yeah. It's a uh, regular music course. So, yeah, are there kind of setbacks or advantages to your creative writing process now having studying, or yeah, studying um, music at university? I mean, the one plus side of being at university and writing music is meeting loads of other people who write music who are here as well. Um, obviously you. And then the rest of our house, pretty much, apart from <laughs> apart from sweet, sweet Finley, who doesn't write anything. But he sits and listens. Which he is plays a killer thing. version of Owen the Saints. He also so. plays a killer version of the triangle. Yeah. The triangle anything. Um, yeah, so that's one good thing. Um, it's nice to be encouraged. Yeah. Um, obviously, you helped a lot with my both my tracks, actually, on Spotify. I suck at lyrics. I still do. So you helped me with those. Um, but also, like, just, uh, like, bouncing ideas off people is good. Mm. It's healthy. All the worst stuff is written by yourself, I think. That's right. probably the most profound thing I'm going to come up with today. All the worst stuff is written by yourself. I think it's true, though. Go on. Well, I mean, like, why do you write music? Like, other people are going to listen to it, right? If you're writing music for yourself, then fine. By yourself is fine. If you're writing music that's going to be heard by other people, it's way, always better when you've, like, at least ask someone else if they like it or not. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So everything should be some form of collaboration. Yeah. Not, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying like any collab, like any like, you know, if I wrote a song with you, that's bad. I'm not saying that. Or if I didn't write a song with you, that's bad. As in just, if I didn't even ask anyone like their opinion on it or if I didn't do any comparison work like with other tracks or, or stuff like that or ask people for help like that always makes a better end product in my opinion um, right. so that's the good thing about being at uni being around other people the worst thing is um, what is the worst thing being around other people <laughs> because yeah because you don't have time I'm, I'm busy I don't you know I've I got a lot of other stuff going on here and it makes me not want to write music because I'm tired and I've got other stuff going on so I, yeah I just just don't end up writing that much music sometimes I mean this this academic year barely written anything last academic year I didn't write anything I didn't even set up my gear in term one and then term two I wrote a lot all the time pretty much um, so it kind of varies so the first I think I think yeah maybe the first song I heard of yours was uh, was a song that you were working on at the time. It was very fresh. I think I walked past your room 
I heard the the bass thumping, and I was like, "Oh, I'll, uh, I'll have a gander of this." And uh, I this. and you brought me in, and you were like, "Oh yeah, yeah this is the song I'm working on," and you played me um what was then the the beginning of of your debut single on my mind. Oh, I didn't realize it was that. I thought it was something else. Yeah. No, I think I think that was probably the first the first music I'd heard of yours. Hmm. Yeah. You pre- you played me a lot of electronic music, giving me an appreciation of it where previously I lacked. Yeah, that's probably my greatest achievement of being at uni actually. <laughs> is converting you to the Yeah. Yeah, yeah that that that's pretty good. That the might great be the expanse it. of electronic of music. electronic music, the vast genre that is. Mm. We're going to run a kind of short clip of On My Mind so the listeners can get a flavour of, of the track, kind of see what it's about, see what you're about. And then, as typical with the show, I'd love to hear kind of where the creative process for this kind of track began. I know that you can fix my broken heart Come spend the night with me, you're on my mind So won't you come and find me That was, um, yeah, that was on my mind. Uh, we didn't actually play it. We just had a couple seconds of silence, <laughs> but we've heard it a lot. So, uh, But you guys heard it. That's the important thing. Um, so, Alex, where mm. did On My Mind begin? Actually, it began as a, a YouTube tutorial, not of my own. I was watching someone else's. Usually, music for me comes out of listening to other people's music and me trying to copy something of theirs, be it like the genre generally or it might be like the specific track there's a certain sound in it that I wanted to try and recreate or um, the chord progression inspired something or um, that's quite common actually the chord progression when I first play a track my my brain just sort of guesses what comes next and sometimes it's different to what actually what they've written and the one that came out in my head I, I really like and so I'll go in that's quite a common common way of me starting something but in this case it was a YouTube tutorial I think it was about so obviously in, in the, the drop, the chorus, is a, a drop in electronic music. Um, in that bit, there's obviously the signature. Um, it's a deep house sound. Um, some people refer to it as an organ sound. Um, I don't really know. It's just a deep house bass. It's pretty, pretty stylistic. But it was actually a tutorial for that. Um, and um, they'd used the kalimba sample, that like African thumb piano type thing, oh, you know, with the little, with the little pegs, yeah. 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 Um, so it was one of those, and they layered it in a really interesting way with um, a kind of um, heavily processed sine wave-based bass. And uh, from that, I just kind of copied it and, and was like, oh, yeah, I recognize this sound. You know, it's, if you go and listen to Deep House, you, you'll see it all over the place on my mind sort of sound um, in some sort of variation. And... Uh, yeah, I tweaked it a little bit, I think, and and ended up with with what I've got, with what you hear in on my mind after a heck of a lot of um, processing. Um, and uh, it started out as me just trying to like write this genre as kind of almost like as generically as possible, basically, like me just trying to get in all these stylistic characteristics of Deep House. You probably heard it sometime around then, and... Um, 
I don't remember, one of us decided it needed some vocals and I didn't even have a microphone at this point. So I bought one, um, I bought one, a Behringer C3. It's a great mic. I recommend it. Shout out. Not um, sponsored. Not, not sponsored, sponsored, but not yet. Thirty-five pounds is is an absolute bargain for a great piece of gear. I recommend it highly. Um, so I bought that, and uh, yeah, in front of my bookcase in in my um, in my halls, um, started trying to figure some vocals out. I had a kind of vague idea of what I wanted, but it was too high for me, so I knocked it down a bit. And then um, that vocal sound is uh, a bit of a meme here at university. Everyone likes to replicate it. Some kind of incoherent like. Um, noise um and uh asked if i covered my mouth with my hand while i recorded it the answer is no um, i format shifted it for anyone who's interested um and uh yeah then on my mind was born and that was my first release may 24th amazing um yeah so before this song had you been kind of working on this this artist sea state um, or, or is this the kind of, is, was this song the moment where you were like, yeah, this is, this is, this is my sound. This is my level of quality that I want to be associated with, with this, with this artist's name. Like, uh, yeah. Where did, where did like Sea State come from and where, how did you decide that? Yeah, this is, this is it now. Because yeah. previously, sorry, you've been releasing to SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yeah. But but this Just is now Sea State. This is the brand. Yeah. This is the artist. So I, I have very distinct memories on my gap year of sitting through sermons, not paying attention, but just um, just bashing out different names in my head of like artist names. It took me ages. This was like obviously the year before I even got to uni, and it was kind of I don't know maybe. February time by the time I'd finished this track in 2019 so it it basically been a year and a bit of me trying to think of a, of a name and I came up with C-State whilst watching a uh, a documentary about the RNLI actually um, Saving Lives at Sea which is a great documentary it's a series actually but it's a great okay. docu-series um, and uh, yeah I so I knew I knew you know this name that I wanted to use I knew what I wanted to create under and then I wrote on my mind and was like, yeah, this is the one. This is this is it now. Um, and I'd spent, I'd, I'd been fairly productive in the, the year preceding that. Um, I'd written a fair m- amount of music. Um, you know, none of it bad. I'd had some success, to, I'd had some interest the previous year from YouTube promoters and stuff like that. So I knew I was close. Um, and then when I finished on my mind, um, um, to be honest, I think it was like, seeing your reaction and seeing other friends' reactions to it, I, I kind of was realized, yeah, I was content with this. Like, mm. people seem to really like this. I think I'll start with this. Um, so it, actually, Sea State as a, a project didn't start then. It started before. But that was when I knew... Yeah, I didn't know at the time that that would be a Sea State thing. That yeah. was... Having finished that track was when I realized that Sea State was going to be a thing and that it was going to start now. Um, so yeah, I posted it to my distro and then um, up it went. And that was the start. Beautiful, beautiful. And yeah, I'll say it because because Alex won't. But yeah, on my mind, uh, for that for that summer was a was a Royal Holloway hit. It was, yeah. We all loved it. I mean, it was also a you know you know it's it's done well on the on the all streaming services. Yeah. I didn't used to get more than a thousand streams. I think the most I'd had before was seven hundred on a remix competition in right. my in two thousand and eighteen. I think so. So two thousand three hundred something like that. We're at now. Wow. Is it's far better than that, which is great. Yeah, amazing. So you've got new music 
in the pipeline. Mm. Coming out very soon. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's coming out very soon. <laughs> By the time this We're pushing this deadline. Maybe, We're yeah. pushing this deadline. Um, yeah, we don't know when this episode's coming out. So, so yeah, who knows? It could be already out. Hopefully not. I reckon by the end of February. By the end of February. Maybe early March. It depends. I've got to send it a few places first. Great, great. Okay, but, yeah, so, Alex, I'd love to kind of hear a bit more about this new project, this, because it's not, uh, it's different from your previous two singles, right? Mm. It's an EP? It's an EP. So, uh, the EP is called, oh, now is me committing to the title. You don't, you don't have to commit to a title. Don't tell us what the EP is called. Just tell us what it's about. Nah, I like the title. The so, is. the EP is called The Unrest EP. Boom! There you, you go. heard Think it here first. first. We probably haven't heard it here first by the time this is released, but we're going to go with it now. I'm making the decision right now. Um, it's the Unrest EP. Um, there's three tracks, Unrest, uh, Retreat, and then Free with a question mark at the end. So, Free? <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the track list. Um, it started with um, with Retreat, track number two. That started, I think, in May. I think I started that last... Uh, yeah, 2019, so almost a year ago. Um, I was just writing this tune. I found a really cool um, sound that I just sort of came out with. Um, I kind of edited something that I'd copied from someone else. And um, uh, for this kind of RP intro thing, um, I wrote that track out. It was cool. At that point, I, I wasn't really... I was still kind of getting to grips with um, the C-State project and, you know, what kind of um, style that I wanted to... Um, to release and that was something that I struggled with a lot actually was like you know whether something is too C-statey or not C-statey enough mm. um, and not writing the same thing so after I released On My Mind I was really struggling to, to not write the same thing over and over which I did there's loads of projects which are really similar to that on my hard drive that will never see the light of day wrote like most of this tune um, it's quite different now but but back then I, I kind of ri- written it sort of out fairly fairly completely and yeah totally different um, really um it's deep house again, the subgenre, but but not but not that deep house. It's a different kind. It's more progressive. Um, quite there's a record label called um, Anjuna Beats, Anjuna Deep. Their imprint. Uh, it's quite like that. Ben Boma, um, Amtrak, um, all these producers. It's quite similar to them. Elderbrook, people like that. And uh, yeah, then I I went to Hong Kong in the summer, and I was in uh, the apartment I was staying in one day and I just had a really cool idea for a kind of triplety um bass line that just it goes like that just like that and that was basically what I had in my head um and and I, I wrote that down and I immediately it was one of those awesome moments the best moments where you just know exactly what you're doing and everything lines up everything clicks you know exactly what you want to do it comes out exactly how you imagine it like it's just this perfect connection between like what's in my brain and like my computer. So yeah. I bashed out this draft and um, it was tight. I liked it a lot. Um, I just saved it. I saved it as extradition because obviously Hong Kong's a bit of a state at this point, um, and that was what was on everyone's mind. So I just, um, if you pardon the pun, so I just put that put that as my title. And so extradition was was the name of the of the first track, which is now unrest. And once I'd written that, I realized I really wanted to write an EP with this. Uh, it took me ages to realize that that um, this track that I'd written in May, so a few months previously, was also going to go on the EP. At first, I didn't think it really fit, but then I kind of decided it did. And I came up with this narrative that I was going for of, of some kind of... Well, I mean, it's based off Hong Kong. Like, it's, that's, that's the truth. But that isn't really... 
it's only hinted at in, in, in the like obviously track title and if you know me. So yeah, so I had this narrative. I had this track that was really aggressive. I had this other track that I'd written before, which was kind of moving <laughs> is the best way to describe it. Like, it's just motion, it's constant motion. Something's always changing. And so that was the middle track. And then I, I started writing this final track, something a bit more reflective, um, which opens with a really gorgeous um, uh, felted piano sample. And yeah, then I had this EP and it's now January, January 29th. And uh, dating this, dating <laughs> this recording here. Dating this recording. It's January 29th and I have been sitting on the mix and master for so long. I just need to finish it. But um, hopefully... Hopefully, hopefully, this by the end of this week, I really uh, that's my goal at the moment, is to have had had this mixed and mastered and into a draft copy, um, and then I'll go and reference it in a few different places and, and go from there. Um, so yeah, this narrative of of um, unrest, of writing, of of uh, kind of uh, not war, but but you know. Heavy rioting, yeah. as in Hong Kong, um, but then having to leave, getting getting crushed, and so having to leave. Um, and the the final track is kind of, it's it's free sounding but kind of melancholy at the same time. Mm. It's um, one title I was playing around with a lot was free but not free. Something where you, you know, you've gotten away from the danger, but at the same time, you know, you're still worried about everyone who's back there, and yeah. your mind is still there, your heart is still there, um, but you're like physically safe. So this kind of weird midpoint, um, and that's kind of where the EP is at, but it's totally different from uh, On My Mind and from Breakaway, the stuff I've released before. So actually, originally, I nearly released it under a second uh, a second artist. artist. Um, I was going to call it Deep Blue, Ooh. which is kind of similar, but same, same, but different. Deep Blue sounds jazzy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been a fan of Deep Blue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, scrap that then. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would have I would have released under that. Um, but then I just was like, oh, what the heck? I'll just release whatever the heck I want. It's my project. I'll do what I want. So yeah. um, I love that. It's coming out under Sea State. Hopefully by the end of February, early March. Um, three three track EP. Yeah. Now, so I've I've heard the three tracks. I love them. I think they're incredible. Alex, what is the worst question someone can ask? When they uh, <laughs> when they oh. when they hear the song, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> um, there's a question that everyone asks. Um, obviously, a lot of people at university are not overly um, versed in electronic music. Um, I've been writing it and listening to it for a long time. I've listened to all kinds of subgenres. I'm very exposed to it, very used to it, very comfortable with it. And so, to me, the idea of not having vocals on a track is fine. That's fine. Um, in fact. Uh, it was only until, on my mind, the first track I ever wrote with vocals. Um, so everything before that had no vocals on it. Um, so I'm, apart from, you know, the remix competitions I'd done in 2018. So I'm very used to, to this idea of no vocals. But most people aren't. Um, the pop charts don't, I, I reckon, if you, I, I don't know for sure, but if you, check the, if you check the pop charts right now, I bet they've all got vocals. Um, no vocals isn't really a thing for most people. And... Uh, so unfortunately, I get the question a lot from people who've heard the drafts of, oh, cool, so um, when do the vocals come in? Or, oh, cool, this is really nice. So like, where are you going to go with it, like vocal-wise? Or, oh, sick, like, um, who's going to do the vocals for this? Something like that is the most yeah. annoying question. Um, but it's okay. I'll try and be patient and educate people on, on this world of, of music without vocals, which is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I yeah, like I'm. Um, I listened to a lot of Daft Punk growing up, so like was kind of semi familiar with some of their tracks. Yeah, that's probably vocals. the most. That's probably the most mainstream. Probably the most mainstream. With, 
but of course. but you know, I I think if uh, if people give this track a chance, this is this EP is going to be what gets the mainstream <laughs> into uh, vocalist music. You know, I think it's good. It's overwhelming sound. Like, but that's, it's that's so immersive. Thing. You just you have don't to, need any words. You just have to accept that there are no words and move past that, mm. and then you'll enjoy it. It's like American football. Uh, you just have to accept that the game is slow, which is the most common complaint about that game is it's so slow. It's just constant stop-start, which I, I totally get. It is. That is a fact. It is very stop-start. But once you get past that fact that it's really stop-start and you just accept it, you actually appreciate the game for what it is, which is really tactical, blah, blah, blah. And it's the same with, with no vocals. You know, mm-hmm. Once you accept that there are no vocals, you should start listening out for other things. Um, there is more to music than cool, catchy, catchy lyrics, which, you know, I have a place in music. I'm not saying that they don't, but um, yeah, it's about the the sounds, the relationships between the sounds, um, the chords, the overall emotion that goes on for quite a long time in the case of track two, which is about six minutes long. Um, but you just, yeah, you just, you just get on with it. I don't know. It's, you, it's hard to explain. Yeah. You just, you just accept that it has no words and, and it's, it's so much more entertaining that yeah. way. I think if I may add, like, you know, with American football, once you accept that it's slow and it stops start, with uh, music without lyrics, once you accept that there's just no words, you kind of appreciate the intricacies that you do see. Mm. Like, you know, you hear, well, I hear your tracks and I hear all the little, the little parts that I necessarily wouldn't have heard if there was a catchy, like, hook to it. Yeah, not having vocals means you can do so much more. You have so much more freedom. And actually, it's really, really hard to write something compelling that doesn't have vocals. Um, and that's why it's fun, in my opinion. I, I do understand why people don't like it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I hope to encourage some more people to think about it. Yeah. No, I think, I think this is the, uh, the perfect project to do that. I think the narrative helps as well. That mm. you know, You've got this kind of narrative within the titles, so people kind of can hear that in the songs. And that creates more interest. Mm. The final kind of question, it's kind of a common one that kind of comes up with with any creative process is how do you how do you deal with writer's block, creative block, not wanting to write? Yeah, kind of how kind of feelings like that. Where are you at with that in your creative journey? How do you combat that? How does that how is that affecting you? That's a difficult one. Uh, yeah, it's a big one. This is the grand finale. Yeah. <laughs> writer's block <laughs> is different um, for different people. Um, it comes in different amounts for different people. It happens for to different severities for different people. But also um, how you deal with it is different for each person. I am a bit of a workaholic. Um, I will overwork things that I love doing, um, including writing music. Um, and so I constantly feel like I should be writing music and I always f- feel like I want to be better and that I should be better and that I want to improve myself. So I have a lot of like pressure on myself that I put on myself. Um, and also like I'd love to make a career out of it. So there's that too, that I need to get to the standard like before I leave university. And there's this like ridiculous pressure that I put on myself about about writing and how good I should be and how hard I should work at it and things like that. Um, this summer I really kind of gave up with everything. I got really frustrated not for the first time, but this was definitely the worst that I'd had it. I was so fed up, so angry, so disillusioned with everything. Just didn't really see the point anymore. Um, you know, 2,000 people isn't a lot in the grand... It's not even 2,000 people. 2,000 streams isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things. Maybe 500 people listen to it, which is, you know, sounds like a lot. To me, relatively, it's a lot, but really it's not. That will earn me about 3p in streaming revenue. Um, and 
um, the music industry is all about context and I don't have any. I, that was where I was at and I just kind of gave up. And But the problem was I still felt like I should be writing music even though I wanted to let go. I wanted to take a break. I couldn't. And that's what I'm dealing with at the moment <laughs> is trying to push through this feeling of like I really need a rest but I can't actually let go of it and I don't really want to let go of it either. And so writer's block for me comes in this stage of instead of just like actual block of where I can't come up with anything, it's more like I just can't bring myself to write anything. But in terms of overcoming it, I mean, I just keep going because that's just all I do. Like, I can't help it. I just keep going back to it. Um, even though I hate it sometimes, I'll keep going back to it. I love it a load of the time and I'll just do it nonstop. And sometimes I hate it and I'll try for about five minutes and just quit. But I just keep coming back to it and keep coming back to it. And eventually the block will go. I'll find some inspiration somewhere. I'll watch a video or, or you know, you'll come and listen to my, my track that I'm working on in my bedroom and, like, seeing your reaction is enough to, like, push me to finish it or or just that positive reinforcement is great or, um, or I have a, a goal in mind or stuff like that helps me to overcome writer's block. For me, like, um, time pressure just helps me to create like a really high quality product for my course I have to write um, a lot of um, film music stuff because that's what I'm starting to get into now and I end up doing my coursework pretty much the day before just because like at that point I'm so motivated to do it because I know I have to do it if I want to pass that module yeah. and so actually like what I'm writing is really really I think is really high quality it's really good I'm proud of my work um, just because I have to write something and mm. my brain just is like right well better come up with something good then and it just seems to work every time um so you're thriving under the pressure yeah for me the pressure is is what helps me i mean i've had a lot of pressure on on my music for a long time yeah writer's block is different for everyone for me it's less about not being creative more about not being bothered almost in, in i can't come up with a better word so bothered can't be bothered um don't have the energy lethargy yeah yeah don't have the energy that's that's kind of it i just yeah. kind of run out of juice and that's kind of it. But creativity, when it hits, is the best thing ever, dude. It's so satisfying. Like I said, that time when I was in Hong Kong writing um, the track Unrest, the first track on the EP, just flowed out perfectly. Mm. On my mind was quite similar. It just came out. I knew exactly where I was going. knew exactly what I needed. There wasn't, a, there wasn't really a big moment where I was like, right, I'm stuck. Um, I now can't be bothered to mix and master it, but that's a question of me not having the energy rather yeah. than me not yeah. knowing what I'm doing. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, like, for me, the creativity comes when I love what I'm doing. And when I don't have the energy for it, I don't love what I'm doing and I don't write anything good. And so I just keep going, keep going, keep trying, keep trying. And then eventually I'll love it. Something yeah. good will come out of it. And We love to hear it. Mm. Love it. Now, we'll end on a end on a good story. So, Alex, you, you said, briefly mentioned you do film, film comp stuff. Mm. It's also one of the great struggles of my life that you have seen Barely any films, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much nothing. Yeah. Spent too much time in the studio. Oh, uh, what's the one film you've seen? Uh, Avatar Two. Avatar Two. That's the only <laughs> film he's seen. Nineteen Seventeen. That was a great film. Nineteen Seventeen. Cracking film. Any right. war film? <clears throat> okay. Oh, that was it. That that was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah war yeah, films. Yeah. You've seen a lot of war films. Um. So so the other day you came home to one of our housemates and you were well proud. <laughs> you were well proud. You'd been um you've been writing, you come up with this this banging thing, you've got this new like strings patch uh on your on your, your orchestral orchestral thing. Samples, yeah. Uh and you drew in this amazing patch. Um could you just just tell us how it goes? Yeah, so it's this kind of Captain America sort of uh intro sequence that would go great as like a title sequence, I think. Um, and I was exploring the the brass patches on these orchestral samples. 
Um, and it's this massive, there's a big brass chord and this um, French horn section goes, something like that. And um, I took it to our housemate and said, who's a brass player, and said, oh, mate, you'd really enjoy this. And I, I, I sung it to him. And uh, he turned to me and said, Alex, you know that's Back to the Future, don't you? And I said, <laughs> I, I, in my head, I was probably like, oh, okay, maybe oh. like two notes are the same, or maybe it's got this like ascending bam, he, he bam, infamous type thing. For, uh, for comparing yeah, music. That wow. is not similar. So I was like, oh, it may be like vaguely similar. It might share one note, or it might be in the same key or something, or it might use a French horn like every other piece of music. Anyway, um, but, but he played it to me. And uh, uh, how does Back to the Future go? Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. I'd sort of accidentally written Back to the Future, having never watched it, um, which is either a sign that I'm a like compositional genius He's and not. I should be writing film music, or I don't know. Or I it's just in your subconscious, mate, and you're just a, you're just be. a hack. You're a hack. Yeah. So I accidentally wrote Back to the Future. Oh, we love it. Well, back to the, back to the drawing board. Alex, C State. It's been great to have you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's been fun. Thanks for letting me talk and about then, myself. Yeah, and you know, if I if we get anyone else that does electronic music, maybe we'll have you on as a as a co guest. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'm not really sure why you'd want me on for co guesting, but because because you can talk and you guys can like nerd out. I mean, if you want to listen to me and someone else talk in depth about the um, benefits of sidechain volume rather than sidechain compression for about an hour, I'd be more than happy to oblige. That sounds riveting. Riveting, riveting. It's very interesting, actually. It's been great to have you. Thanks um, for having me, man. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you later. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>